Hello and welcome back to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, everybody. Wow, oh wow, we have quite the show today. You know, of all things, we tend to record this show a little earlier than the day that you hear it. Obviously, we don't wake up on Thursday mornings at 4 a.m. and record the show and then mix it and put it out by 6 a.m. We pre-record these, um, which most, if not all, podcasts do, unless they're news-related, And the reason I'm bringing that up is because today, the day that I'm recording this, which is the 17th, it is, in fact, the birthday of our very own co-host and producer and the, the man behind the curtain of this show, the reason that we even have this program distributed through M94.5, the reason we even have the possibility to, to distribute this the way that we do it to you um, the one and only Mr. Mo Bat. Now, that's partly the reason why he's not here with us today. I, I wanted it to work out. I wanted him to be here uh, on his birthday, and I could I could roast him a little bit, and um, you know we could talk about some stories connected to um, you know how all the things that we've been doing over the past year, and we could catch up a bit more. Um, but we will do that next week. However, today, Mo, I just want to wish you the happiest of birthdays. Thank you so much for everything that you contribute to this show, and I'm very excited for when you can make it back on the mic. We had uh, another scheduling conflict this week. Um, I wanted to have him on today, but it's his birthday, and I don't judge him for being busy for that. Uh, And then, you know, he wanted to do tomorrow, but tomorrow I have an appointment, so it just doesn't, uh, doesn't work out. So here we are. So, guys... Um, it's a very beautiful Tuesday, by the way, so I really hope that Mo can celebrate properly. Uh, I myself will not will not be able to see him privately today because I'm going to be driving down to Oberstdorf later today, driving about two hours there and then later about two hours back um, to do a band rehearsal. Um, so it's, it's funny, this is actually, I think... What I'm practicing for t- tonight is the first concerts that I will have had this year, which for May is not bad. Um, because, I mean, a lot of concerts don't normally start kicking off until summertime anyway. That's where all the festivals take place. But, you know, for two years, we didn't have anything at all. I think last year I did um, one wedding and two little small shows here and there. Um, but it still felt weird. It felt kind of under the radar. It felt like it was legal, but it was frowned upon sort of thing. And I had to be extra careful and a lot of mask wearing and a lot of um, asking extra precautionary questions. And it just felt very off, which made me feel jealous of all my American friends back home who, when I visit them or I talk to them about their past year or so, I mean, it's just, they just blew past these COVID rules. It was like the first three or four months of 2020, everybody was shut down and scared. And then all of a sudden America was like, you know what? We don't really like that so much. Why don't we just not do that? And if you just want to wear a mask, you can. And if not, then, you know, whatever. (laughs) And here in Germany, of course, the rules were much stricter and they were in place all the way up until March 20th of this year. So, I mean, up until March, there really still wasn't too much you could do. You can't go out or do anything. 
Um, I mean, you could go to restaurants, but you still had to wear a mask until you got to your table and then your waiter would wear a mask the whole time and there was all this distanced seating. And um, so all of a sudden now, um, since the end of March, everything's different. Sorry, everything's different now. And it, it, you really feel that in the city. Um, it's kind of funny. A few nights ago, uh, last week, my friend Giovanni asked if I wanted to go hang out with him in the evening. And I don't do a lot of evening hangs right now, but I really wanted to see him. We hadn't caught up in a long time. So I said, yeah, let's do it. And so, uh, and for those who don't know, I'm actually, um, I'm taking an alcohol break. I'll get to that later too, but I haven't drank since I returned from my trip to America. I'm also eating really healthy. So I wanted to have like a cleanse and right now I'm on that cleanse. So funny enough, when I met with Giovanni, I was a bit worried because he's one of these friends that when you meet with them, you always drink. So you wonder sometimes when you're sober, if it's going to be a little awkward that you're not both having alcohol. But he was actually really cool about it. We met up and he said, oh, let's go over to this um, like little bodega on the street and we'll get a few beers and then we can go to this bench at the park. And I told him, hey, I hope this doesn't like, uh, like I hope this isn't weird or something, but I'm kind of sober right now. And he's like, oh man, you do not have to worry about telling me that you're not drinking right now. I, I, I just spent whatever it was, January through April, January, March, April. Yeah. Four or even almost, almost all, yeah. Four months and some change, uh, not drinking. Maybe he even started back in November. I think he took like six months, five or six months off I was like, wow, that's crazy. He's like, oh man, that's, it's so much, I, I was sleeping better. My skin looked better. I lost weight. That's no problem. If you don't want to drink, that's no problem at all. Let's go get a, uh, you know, energy drink or a water or something. And I was like, cool. Okay, great. Um, and that was just so much fun. And the, the, the reason why I brought up hanging out with him was um, because at first, you know, also with the not drinking thing, I'm glad that it worked out well. And we had a really fun night, I have to say. It's almost sad that I have to say to myself, like, I had so much fun with somebody in Munich without drinking alcohol. But sometimes I do feel that way, that alcohol helps so much to socialize and to talk to people and to make friends. Uh, and I am a drinker. I do tend to drink. And when I drink, I keep drinking. And it's it's never never been like a problem. It's never kept me from working. I've never done anything that, you know, I horribly regret or something. But um, I, I'm just a big boy and I tend to drink a lot. So not doing it, it's just affecting everything. And it's really cool actually to see it and to feel so clear-headed and stuff um, with all these choices. Uh, and the big challenge for that is going to be playing these concerts that I'm about to get to. But anyway, the other point of bringing up the Giovanni story was because the city with these mandates down was so alive. It was popping off you can't believe it like we met up at this park by my house which from from this little park you can't really tell if the city is buzzing or not you don't get that feeling because it's a small park and it's kind of a neighborhood park so you just see a few people there usually anyway and it's only mostly busy on like saturday afternoons because it, it has a children's playground as well so lots of parents go there uh, and let the kids play, and you know they—it's—it's it's one of those kind of parks. So we couldn't really tell what the evening was going to be like. But then it, we said, um, "Oh, let's go for a walk to this part of Munich called Gettnerplatz, which is not also not too far from where I live, and it's a really beautiful area. It's like this roundabout with a beautiful fountain and a garden in the middle of the road, and some beautiful buildings like the 
the dance theater and stuff is there. And we started to walk. And as we start going down the steps from this park, you cross through this bar uh, on the on the on the Nockerberg, like on this. Um, what is the street? Is it Olmüllerstrasse? There's a street that passes behind my house going up this hill. And you can leave the park from that backside going down the hill. And uh, if you take these stone steps off the park to the street, you, you go through this bar that they built into the side of the hill in stone. They like, they kind of like renovated this old, I don't know, like storage thing. <laughs> I don't know what it was. And turned it into a cool bar. And there was like live music, people playing guitar, you know, girls, everybody just sitting out drinking drinks on the steps. It was so nice. I was like, ooh, we, we could also maybe stay here. And he's like, no, 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 let's go check out Gendeplatz. And I said, okay. So we kept walking. We were chatting and laughing and telling stories. And just as we get to the river, because you have to cross the river from my house to get to this neighborhood, it's like two or three more blocks past the river. You get to the river and then you really see for yourself, like, is Munich popping? You know, like, is tonight going to go off? Is like, the, is the city alive? Right there. I'm trying to think if there's like, there's a handful of other areas of the city where you can see that feeling, you can get that feeling that people are out and things are happening. There's, of course, the university area. There's a lot of students and stuff and a lot of cool restaurants and bars. So you get that feeling there like, oh, okay, all right things are happening you know and like there's so many clubs but i'm not really a club person but if you go to the club area then of course you just you see the gobs of people uh waiting outside the door and stuff so we get to the river and this for me in my neighborhood is like the central point of our, is the city alive tonight and it was so swamped so swamped so crazy busy so many people suffering succotash. It was so much. Hold on, what's this noise? I don't like when my neighbors make noise during my shows. I know who you are, and I know where you live! So anyway, I saw all these people on the river, and I thought, oh my god. It is, like, the city is back. I had this, this for the first time, I had this feeling that Munich is is back, you know? And I haven't had that in so long, so long, even in the past 10, 11 months or whatever. I mean, I've had, I've had my family visit. I've had some friends come through, but it just never felt really like the city that I knew again. And even before the pandemic, I always kind of told myself or convinced myself that Munich didn't have too much to offer. But now that it's post-pandemic, I have this really refreshed perspective on it. Like, oh, no, wait, there's so many people here. There's so many young people and so many cool things to do. Like, oh, yeah, let's go check out that bar. Because why? Because we can go inside now. Oh, let's go check out that venue. Why? Because we can just pop in. We can just go in there now. There's a crowd of people and you can just stand there and be around them and check out a show. And then you can just dip out. And that's what we did. We went to the we went to the river and saw these millions of people out, you know, sunbathing by the water. It was like um, sunset time, so people were so pu- 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 people were still out on the water and having picnics and drinking beers and standing with their feet in the water, and it was so nice. Also, side note, something I don't understand: if you are at the river or if you are at a body of water 
and you are standing, let's say, just a just a an less than an arm's distance, like I would say less than a couple of feet or less than a foot of distance towards the the part where the water is running next to you. And you still have your shoes and socks on. Something's wrong with you. And I don't know who hurt you. And I don't know what's broken inside of you. But there is nothing normal about that. I don't understand anything about that. I saw these two guys chatting it up next to the river. And everybody else is in bathing suits. Everyone else is barefoot. Everyone else is like in open Hawaiian shirts. And it was a nice, hot, beautiful day to be near the water. Now, I don't expect everybody to swim in the water. It's still cold. But if you're going to be right up next to it, especially where it's shallow and not as freezing cold, you're going to kick off the shoes and the socks and you're going to either like suntan your legs, like your whole leg, right? Or you're going to stand sort of ankle deep in the water, acclimate to the temperature and sort of just put your hands on your hips or have a beer in your hand and catch up with your buddies. It's what you do. But these two guys were standing there like an inch from the stream of water in their shoes, and yes, I saw ankle-high socks. I think one of them had a uh, a fedora on, which makes this even worse. But I don't understand that at all. Like, there's this animalistic urge to not have your dirty shoes and your stinky socks, like, right there uh, like, potentially about to be in the water. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird pet peeve of mine. I, I mean, I have no problem with people peeing in the river when they're swimming in it. That's what I always do. But to where, like, if you were to just take one step to the left and you're in that water with your dirty street shoes and socks, uh, like, there's underwater shoes that's different. They're made of rubber and they're made for the water. But your street shoes, man, it's like walking on your sofa with street shoes. You just stepped in old cigarettes and bubble gum and someone's spit. And you're like walk like you know traipsing across your sofa. Maybe it's not the same thing, but for me it's the same feeling. So anyway, we saw these two douchebags and a bunch of lovely other people enjoying themselves on the river and we thought, "Ooh, the city is alive, man. It's popping. This is great. Wow, it feels so alive." And we had this rush, this feeling of like vivaciousness, like we felt so fluttered with everything and we decided to Walk a little further towards um, towards Getnaplatz, where we originally decided to go. So we were talking, and we're crossing this red light by the river, and there's this kiosk there on the corner by the river where everybody gets their beers and their snacks, and it was packed, just lines of people, and everyone's, you know, in short shorts and flip-flops, and it was like, oh, this is so summer, this is so great. Everyone's, like, totally alive. I was like, yeah, bro, you want to get in the water? Like, yeah, I do want to get in the water. It's, like, super cold. It's like, yeah, but it's, like, super hot outside. It's like, bro, that's the whole point. It feels super good to, like, get in the water, bro. Like, come on. Nah, that was basically, that's what German sounds like. And we, we crossed the street and we got to the, the, um, the street that you turned down to, to go to Getnaplatz. And once we got there, I mean, every single, this main street, I think it's, it's either Badestrasse or Reichenbachstrasse. That's one of the two we took. I think it was Badestrasse because every single bar or restaurant or whatever, even the little open door, little shops, 
everything was just busting out. People were like exploding into the streets. Um, yeah, I mean, and I had this one feeling where I was like, I really have to pee. And you know what I did? I stopped in front of a bar. I walked into that bar straight back to the bathrooms because I've been to that bar before. I know where they are. Kept my head down, straight past the bar, into the toilet. Relieved myself in the horse trough that a lot of bars, unfortunately, have. Tried to melt as much ice as possible. Washed my hands. Strolled right back out. And was done. I didn't have to, like, search for hours for either some sort of porta potty or a secret bush or some alleyway to relieve myself like an animal. Because now, with the city so alive, everybody can just go in and out of bars and just, like, enjoy themselves and just be, like, part of it. And I miss that. And I love that. And so there we are at Getnerplatz, and we decided to do a round, uh, like, walk the roundabout a little bit before we headed back because I had to be home at a certain time. <laughs> and so we go, we make the round, and... It's just so many people. We hear all these speakers and, and phones playing different music and having a fun night and people chatting and everyone's getting drunk. And of course, Giovanni, he's a popular guy. He's a good looking guy. He keeps running into people that he knows. We keep introducing me. We're chatting. There was like these group of guys at the at the roundabout who were very friendly. And then there was... Um, and then there was like these other girls that he knew who had worked on a thing with him because he's a producer. And it was just a lovely, engaged, interesting night. We were laughing, telling stories. And yeah, you know, that's just the thing. It's like now finally the city feels like back to normal and even more so like very alive, very aware. And um, now I'm at a place where I have these concerts booked. That was the whole point of the story, by the way. Now I'm at a place where the concerts are booked and it's like the first time uh, in a long time that I will be standing. I did it once in December last year. I opened up for my friend's band, Moonmates. But it was still like a sit-down show with some distant tables. This will be like, it's a sold-out show, thankfully. That's cool. And I love being more of a background guy, playing guitar with my head down, focusing, being as like, as professional and and like tight as I can be with with my instrument, I love that. Actually, sometimes even more than being the front face, because of the front face, you have to be so on and you have to be entertaining, and like it's a lot more work. Um, and so you know these sold out shows with the you know my my <laughs> the old man band as I call it. Uh, it's me, my buddy Marcus, who's about he's almost he's almost. 10 years older than me. I think he's like eight years older than me. And my friend Tim, of course. I mean, I've, I've talked about Tim so many times, probably on this show and everywhere else in the world. Uh, yeah, for those who somehow still don't know, my buddy Tim Hecking is a long, long time, a good long time friend of mine and a great musician, maybe the best uh, like multi-instrumentalist that I've ever known. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be in this group too with some old fellas from Oberstdorf. We're just the hired guns, three acoustic guitars, uh, upright bass, 
lead singer, Cajon. And yeah, we're going to do these three shows in the Algoy. I've never, I think I've never played any of these venues before. And uh, pretty cool that they're already sold out. I think two of them are, of the three are, maybe, maybe all of them now are, I don't know. But yeah, so I'm going to drive down for that rehearsal. And I'm excited about that because it's going to be so interesting to be on stage. And especially for something like this, where I'm not the front man, so I don't really have the the nervousness. I can just sit in the back and enjoy it. And that's always so much more fun. You can just actually look out at the crowd and, you know, just get in the zone for it. Um, yeah, and then actually I... Uh, if you listen to this and you live around Munich, actually, I was just also asked to play support for the band Pine Grove. If you heard the Bruno Doria episode, I had mentioned that that was a possibility. Back when I was in New Orleans, I was asked about that and I sent in my um, EPK or what they call electronic press kit. So my website, some photos, some music samples, video samples, things like that, of things of that sort, so they can see like what kind of music you do. And yeah, thankfully the the touring manager from that band agreed that and that he wanted to do it, so that's cool. So I'll I'll also play with Pine Grove at Hansa Thirty Nine on May twenty fifth. That's a Wednesday evening. So get your tickets now because it looks like their tours. Uh, do sell out and I it, if you're around you you should come by and say hi and say you're you know say you're part of the artsy fartsy family and also on let me think and also I've just been asked to perhaps do another small show at the Miller Club in July so like you know now like concerts are finally starting to come back a little bit you know I'm I'll have this one in May I'll have these three in the Agoy I might have this other one at the Milla. I have another one booked in August, a festival in Regensburg, and I'm really pumped about that because it's with the whole band. And also, another way that it feels that kind of everything is basically back to normal, which it's not. I mean, it's not. There is still COVID, you know. Everyone I know, (laughs) like everyone I know has had it or getting it. Uh, So it's not really back to normal. It's still there. But I I don't know. It, It... it just feels like finally sort of like finally sort of that everything's back to normal. But the other um, reason I feel that way is because everybody who had postponed their weddings or their big birthdays are all having parties this year. I, I think me and one other friend are the only people I know that had their 30th birthdays uh, on 2020 or in 2020 uh, and are not scheduling like big parties again. I knew people that turned 60. That's a big birthday. 40. That's a huge birthday. You know, all the tens, 30, 40, 50, 60. These are all enormous birthdays. And I turned 30 in 2020. And that was a huge deal for me. And I, I was so thankful that all my friends and family pitched in for these amazing gifts uh, amazing gifts. And uh, everyone called me and wrote me nice messages. And I was so happy about that. Um, but of course, I wanted to have a party, but then I thought, ah, you know, now I'm 31, do I really want to try and put a party? And now this year, strangely enough, I'll be 32, and I just don't think that I want to be like, oh, but remember when I turned 30? Let's have a party for that. It's just kind of stupid. But I do get weddings. Um, there are th- one, two, three weddings I'm going to back-to-back 
Um, it's pretty crazy. Like at the end of this month, um, my sister-in-law is getting married. That's going to be a huge ordeal. I've been asked to play music there. I got a brand new suit. I'm really pumped to take a picture of that. Maybe I'll put it on the artsy fartsy immigrants Instagram if you want to see, but I got a brand new suit and we actually got it tailored, uh, which I've never had done before having it trimmed and fit perfectly and cuffed and hemmed, you know, by a professional, which they were really cheap too. I was very impressed and they were really nice about it. So new suit, got it trimmed up nicely to fit me. I got new shoes for that. I got a new jacket, going to wear a nice shirt. Really pumped about how I'm going to look for the wedding because I never look good in suits, but I finally found like a great suit that looks awesome on me. And I, uh, well, oh yeah. So there's like, there's my sister-in-law's wedding, uh, at the end of this month where all of that's happening, like preparation and, and planning will be, you know, will be in, in the, her hometown for a week before leading up to that. And it's all this work and I'm playing songs and all this preparation and everything, family time. And then in June, a friend, a couple friends of ours are getting married in Greece. So we also had to plan that out. Okay. Do we, uh, let's book the flight. How long do we stay? We turned it into like a week long thing so that our friend, Kati could come and be with us and help us basically get the whole family there and help, you know, have just these extra hands that you just constantly need and, um, staying, you know, you know, booking the hotels and then going, okay, it's a, it's an adult only event. No children are allowed at the wedding. So then we had to plan, okay, well, they do have a babysitter, but how many kids are there? We don't know this babysitter. It's a lot to ask. Like we're, you know, not totally comfortable with that. So we, we, you know, brought this friend and then, um, so then now we have that settled and it's close enough to the venue where we can go back and forth and check on everything and, you know, take turns. And then I've also been asked to play music at this wedding, I think like five or six songs, something like that. So that's also practicing and preparation for that. And then after that in July, there's another wedding, uh, from another pair of friends of ours. And that one's in Italy. But thankfully, and I'm kind of more excited about the travel for this one, is that we can take our van down to the location. We can get another hotel, we can stop along the way, and uh, just drive it. I, I love just being able to drive it. Um, Greece will be amazing because I get to see Athens for a little bit, and I've always wanted to see Athens. Uh, and of course, the little island that they're getting married on is going to be breathtaking, I'm sure. Um, but it's more work, of course, and Italy is just less work. The, you know, the kids can be there at the event. Um, you can just drive there. So the, in terms of transportation, I'm more excited about the transportation of that, but equally excited for the parties of both. want to make that clear. Um, yeah, so that's going to be fun. And then in August, we're supposed to um, not go to another wedding yet. <laughs> I don't know. But we're traveling, uh, you know, with the with our family-in-law, Again, uh, somewhere, probably France. So I, I, I'm, I feel lucky and, and thankful that it's um, not too expensive to make these things happen. But um, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing to be able to travel and I'm, I'm thankful for it. But I'm glad that it's not so expensive because it's a lot of stuff to do this year. Um, and then on top of that, having these concerts again. So it really does feel in a sense like everything is sort of back to business, even when if you think about it with the with COVID, it's really not. But I don't know. I don't know. And I'm curious too with this year, what will be affected and what won't be affected by the war in Ukraine. Also, because that's, by the way, guys, 
still going on as of this recording. So <laughs> there's that. I don't even know if that might change anything. If they encroach further on Ukraine or if there's a, a NATO country attacked by Russia, then hey, game over. Then we got to all get into our bomb shelters and hope and pray. You know, I don't know. But it's a crazy time to be alive right now, isn't it? Uh, here I am excited about weddings and concerts coming back on the table, but there's still a pandemic where everyone still gets sick and there's a war going on. So it, you, you really, we're really playing with fire here. We're like, oh, it's so great to have this fire back. Now we're warm, but you know, people are throwing paper balls into it and throwing gasoline on it. And it's like, whoa, 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 be careful, be careful. They're like, yeah, but it's so, it's so warm and fun. Anyway, I got told the other day by somebody that my analogy was too long. I don't think they were right. I think it was a great analogy. You want to hear what the analogy was? We were talking about how Netflix offers, Netflix and um, all the other streaming services offer so many options that um, it becomes very difficult to choose something. And so my analogy was that every day, every time that we turn on our TVs, we are presented with an endless shelf of delicious snacks. There's M&Ms, there's candied corn, there's popcorn, there's little sausages, potato chips, cookies, everything we'd ever want. And we tend to go back to treats that we are already familiar with because of the pressure of choosing something we haven't chosen before. You know, like, oh, you know, this candy corn, it was good, but let's just go eat, let's just eat some more chocolate chip cookies again. And that was kind of it. Like you usually end up choosing a show that you've already seen or a movie that you already know because it's too much to try and guess, oh, would this waste my time because it's something new and oh, it's two hours long. How much time do we have? Someone's tired. Someone's falling asleep already. You know, yada, yada, yada. So you choose like friends and you just watch friends again. Um, so, you know, resorting back. Maybe he was right. Maybe it's too long of an analogy. No, no, it's a good one. It's a, it's a good one. Um, yeah, there's so many things happening this month. I feel like it's probably one of the busier months I've ever had in my life. Even today, uh, pretty soon, because this uh, this podcast won't go to an hour today, unfortunately. But we have a lot of things. Like today, I'm going to go pick up a new dishwasher because, again, our dishwasher broke. And you know, it's such a job in Germany to get a dishwasher. You can't just go to a shop and buy it. Because for some reason, they just don't have any anywhere. Like no stores make them anymore because of the pandemic. Something to do with the the shipping of them from China. I, I, it's a re, it's a true thing that we couldn't buy one a few months ago when it broke the first time. So we paid like four hundred euros for a guy to fix it, and then he fixed it, and now we came back from America and it's broken again. The water doesn't get hot, so now we're gonna go pick up this other one, this cheaper one from some guy through eBay Kleinanzeigen. That's hard for me to say. Sort of eBay. Um, where this guy lives in a house. I'm, I had to ask a friend to help me come lift it. I got to, you know, go drive with the car and pick up this dishwasher. But hopefully it's not too difficult to install. And then tonight I'll do the rehearsal. Um, yeah, and then we'll get the new uh, suit and clothing from the tailor. Very excited to try that on and to look mega fresh. You know, that's the thing. And that here's the thing about that suit. It, um... It's very difficult for me to find clothing that I look good in. And it's a wool, like a tweed wool suit, which I talked to the tailor about this. And I said, you know, I'm worried about the wool. But he, he touched the fabric with his fingers and he said, you know, this is actually a really high quality wool, which thank you very much. And he said, 
a lot of people are worried about wearing wool in the summer, but it's a natural material and it adjusts to the temperature that you're in. So actually it's great for any season. Of course, it's amazing for, for winter, but it's no problem in the summer. And I said, oh, that's good because I, I just bought this for three summer weddings. <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. And I, and I told him, I'm really happy I found this because I never look good in suits. And it's very hard. And I, f- I think I look good in this. And he said, you know, for good clothing, for people to look good in their clothing and to feel good in their clothing, the most important thing is the material. The material first and then the fit after. And I was like, you're so right. As soon as I put this on, it was such a great texture on my skin. I was like, ooh, this feels great. And then I had confidence and then I look better in it because I'm standing better in it. It's an interesting way that works. He had a lot of passion for fabrics and clothing that if anybody I talk to has a, a passion for something that I don't know much about, but they speak with they speak about something with this this passion, this lust, this power. Um, I'm so attracted to that. I'm so drawn to that type of person when they're like, I don't know, when they, when they come alive talking about something. And he really came alive talking about fabrics and materials and clothing. And it was inspiring. I thought that was really cool. Um, guys, I hate to cut this so short. I, I tried to do um, as full of a show as I could. So, you know, we're just over half an hour today. I know it's not so long, but it's Mo's birthday. So, you know, his 30 minutes can't be here today. Um, but I hope you've enjoyed the ramblings. I hope that this month, if busy for you, is pleasurable for you and that it's not too difficult. I want to give a shout out to my friend Moritz, who I know is having a difficult time of his own right now, but I want to send you all the love in the world and the Artsy Fartsy family embraces you. And I hope that things get better very soon and hope you're having fun on your trip. Um, Everybody else, thank you so much for listening. Uh, It means so much to me that you spend time here on the show. And you know, if you, it's so, it's so quick and easy. If you just want to go to our Instagram at artsy fartsy immigrants and, you know, follow us. Or if you just want to share episodes like this with your friends or your family, just share it around. It's so easy. It's one click. It's no problem. Just, or tell somebody at lunch, Hey, I listened to this podcast, artsy fartsy immigrants. We just want to try and get this show even further off the ground. So we can have new listeners every year. We can have better guests and more interesting conversations to listen to. And it means a lot to me that you guys spend time here. So thank you so much for listening. I love you with all my heart. I hope you have a beautiful month of May. I will be back next week, hopefully with our very own Mobad. And I will see you soon. What a wonderful episode. If you enjoyed today's episode and you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscription or a review or a comment. It really helps new listeners find our show. You can also follow us on Instagram at Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. We're also now on Facebook and on YouTube and on Twitter at Fartsy Artsy. No, at Artsy Fartsy Pod. (laughs) We changed it at Artsy Fartsy Pod. So, uh, yes, and if you want to financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash jordanprince and where you can submit for as low as $3 a month some money to help us get this show bigger and better just for you. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Look out, baby, the saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.